Hi everyone, welcome to Mary Jane French Novice, the show where I talk to people about subjects that they're very passionate about that I know little to nothing about. It has been a little while since we've put out an episode, but we're back. It's been like two months, and that is because life got kind of hectic, and I, I'm sure I've addressed this on another episode, but like this podcast, like I... I always say we whenever I'm talking about the show, but honestly, like, the show is a total passion project, and there's no one else really doing anything on the show other than the people that agree to be interviewed. Um, other than that, it's just, you know, I'm booking the interviews, editing the audio, recording the audio, um, putting all the bumpers and the, and the end tracks and stuff together, and, like, you know, it's... Um, point is it's a one one person operation which means when life gets hectic there might be delays i'm hoping not to have any more two month delays because uh, i mean the thing is that when i first set out to do the show i wanted to i had this goal of like i'm gonna do the show and i'm gonna put an episode out every week for a year with no interruptions and that's how i'm gonna prove to myself that i can be disciplined and productive and all these things and I did not achieve that goal. I think it's a decent goal in some ways. Um, But also, I think if I let the fact that I didn't achieve that goal stop me from doing the show entirely moving forward, I would be really sad and disappointed by that because I really love doing the show and I really love having these conversations and feel very enriched by them. And I love putting them out and hearing from other people who also enjoy them because I do think there is something about like, the spirit of this show that is an inherent good. And I think if I stopped doing it just because I was valuing it by the quantity of the output, that would be um, a big shame. So, we're back, and the episodes come out. When they come out, they will always come out on Wednesdays. We have a Facebook page now called Mary Jane French Novice, so please like that. Share that with your friends. Tell your friends to like it. Um, I'm going to be trying to put out episodes like as frequently as possible, but like I just said, if life gets hectic, there might be a delay from week to week. But in general, we're going to try to put them out every week. But the Facebook page is where you can get the updates on when new episodes come out. Is Mary Jane French novice, and this episode I talked to Kath Cowan, who is just such a wonderful human being. They are so pure and empathetic, and just fantastic. And like going through and editing this episode really like upped my zeal for these. Like I, I, it reminded me how much I love doing these conversations, and as much as I regret that it's taken me so long to get this interview out and on the podcast, I am so happy that this is a conversation that is the first one back. So let's get right down to it. Friends who will teach yourself. 
So tell me about bees. What would you like to know about bees? How do they exist? What I, I all I know about okay, so all I know about bees so far is that I've never been stung by one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm scared of being stung by one, mm-hmm. and that mathematically they're apparently not supposed to be able to fly, mm-hmm. and also that there's like issues with that they're in danger. I know that they are in danger. Mm-hmm. They're actively in danger, but it, like so, you're a beekeeper. Yeah. What does that involve? I have no idea. <laughs> I have seen TV shows where people wear the hazmat suits. Um, <laughs> that's a good way to describe but it. That's, but other than that, I have no idea. What made you want to do that? Did you inherit a family beehive hairdo? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had enough hair to do that. But no, um, no I've always been obsessed with, with honeybees. Okay. And um, then, like, had the opportunity to learn with some folks when I moved here, mm-hmm. um, and took it and ran with it, and I just am running with it. Okay, Still. so it's something that you were like already into. You didn't necessarily actively seek it out, but the opportunity presented itself, and you were like, well, what, "Fuck yeah!" Definitely. And mm-hmm. I had been seeking it out. Um, I lived in Chicago for a couple years, and I was seeking it out there, mm-hmm. um, but was unsuccessful. Um, I think it's like really cold there. Well, there's that for sure, but it was also just like a logistical thing mm-hmm. of um, transportation and who knows who, and you know, I was a little bit more of a spaz, so couldn't really follow through. Gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha. But yeah, no, when I moved here, people are so warm in Virginia, and I'm so grateful for that because mm-hmm. they like want to share what they know, and mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that is one of my favorite things about my home state. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's legit. When the, the weather gets cold, people ice up, so I'm glad that it doesn't get too cold here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I've always just been obsessed with them, and they've just popped up mm. um, throughout my life, so it makes sense to be in it. It just, you know when something feels right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. like, this is, this is my comfort area, this is like where I feel good, where I feel safe, where I feel at home. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, they're so, like, like really good friends. And also, oh, oh. Go on. <laughs> I want to answer your questions from before because you said you've um, never been stung. Yeah. What never, was the I've, first one also before I've that? Ne- I, I know I've never been stung. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of being stung. Okay. They're in danger. Yeah, that's a big I, one. And I don't know. And, and, and apparently physicists are really confused about the fact that they can fly. Yeah. Apparently, mathematically, they're not supposed to be able to yeah. fly. So I believe in math magic, for sure. I don't <laughs> understand math magic, because I'm, like, a little a little bit dyslexic, so it doesn't make sense. But bees are just straight-up magic. Okay. That's just, we're just going to leave it there. There we go. But, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're not supposed to fly. Answer. Their wings aren't supposed to support their weight. Uh-huh. Um, and the way that their, their wings rotate, they actually don't just have two wings. They have four wings. Mm-hmm. And, like, they rotate in this really cool way where they, like, move their, their shoulders back. And um, people have tried to make... So uh, they fly through the magic of shimmying. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. I love that. <laughs> I like shimmying a lot. And for, for, for getting stung, mm-hmm. um, it won't kill you. If, you. if it will kill you, it'll kill you in the first 20 minutes. So if okay. you last past the first 20 minutes, you're fine. Okay. There's literally only like, um, I think, 2% of the whole human population that's truly allergic. And mm-hmm. when people say that, they mean anaphylaxis which is when your throat swells shut, mm-hmm. so you suffocate, which is very scary. But if you have, like, a, a puffy mm-hmm. reaction, that's topical, and you're okay. It's going to hurt, 
but you're going to be okay. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. And so 2% of the population are the only ones who actually go in, like, anaphylactic shock. Yeah, and they have to carry right. EpiPens and, like, stay the heck away from... And that's the same amount of population that, that are natural redheads. Really? Yeah. I wonder if they coincide. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sad. That would be really sad. I, I would be scared for my redheaded friends. Yeah, I don't want them to be stung. <laughs> but if you do get stung, mm-hmm. it's okay because it... Um, it's scary, I know, but it helps your body, actually, because it helps uh, their Is memory. it like how people justify eating food off the floor, that it's good for their immune system? That could be... Sim- I'm one of those people, so I'll say yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A little cat hair never hurt anybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you get stung, it uh, the venom helps with um, arthritis mm-hmm. and like other things. Like We have some friends who have multiple sclerosis and are living fulfilling lives because they do bee sting therapy, which is apitherapy. It's, uh, and then helps with Lyme's disease. Our friend was going blind. She cured herself. This is the most Disney princess shit <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> like, I want to know why you said, that's a great way to describe Well, I'm just imagining like, oh no, I'm ill. And like, okay, let's get these woodland creatures <laughs> to fix you. Like, <laughs> Without all the like, um, all the like cishet bullshit romance. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I'm just imagining, like, ah, oh, I have back pain. It's like, well, you realize <laughs> that squirrels make excellent masseuses, <laughs> <If only. laughs> and they'll just run in circles on your back and crack your back a little bit by jumping up and down. Like that's what that sounds like to me. I love that your mind goes there. I really wish squirrels did that. I love squirrels. <laughs> Their little tails. They're so- I squirrels freak me out a little bit. Like I, I mean, not actually. I love watching them. Yeah, but. Whenever I get to, whenever a squirrel comes close enough to me for me to actually see like its body structure, uh-huh. I realize how humanoid they actually are, That's and I'm like, is. and I'm imagining like, what if like a squirrel was like five foot six? Like I would be so <laughs> terrified. I would be too. <laughs> they would not be cracking nuts. They'd be cracking heads. They'd be cracking. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> They'd be cracking skulls. That's so scary. That's so scary. Anyway, don't if you have any radioactive materials, don't let squirrels get near them. Yeah, no, we need Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, not Ninja Squirrels. <laughs> Thank you. But so, but so, bee stings can help with like arthritis yeah. and Lyme's disease. Um, yeah. Is it like specific bee sting, or is this like? That's a good question. Is it like animal acupuncture, or is it like Ooh, animal acupuncture? Well, they use people use acupuncture points. It makes sense because that this medicine originates, from my knowledge, best of my knowledge. So mm. forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, in China. Okay. So medicine there is so ancient and so in tune with the land and plants and Mm -hmm. animals and stuff. And since in the United States, everything is through hospitals, Mm -hmm. you know, what we call Western medicine. Yeah. Um, since it's not marketable and people can't make gobs of money off of it Mm -hmm. or they haven't figured out to how to, um, it's been illegal. Yeah. So, um, it's not something that's common here, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's common there. And so people... Uh, sting you a certain amount of times on acupuncture. Does it involve like is it just like the the puncture or is it does it involve any like bee chemicals I guess. It's like venom. It's it's, it's a venom. Uh It's unique to them and um, a lot of... So you have to find like specific kinds of bees for specific stuff. Yeah. So you're asking a good question. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Um, Yeah. So uh, honey, the reason that well, I guess the reason I think that we do it with honeybees is they're the most domesticated ones. Okay. Um, because you can imitate their hives and keep them in hives, and you can't really do that with like wasps, or mm-hmm. at least I don't know about that yet. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, they're super amazing. Um, 
I keep them for medicinal purposes. I'd like to pursue learning about that mm-hmm. um, when I can go visit friends in Vermont yeah. who know how to do that and um, stuff. But for education, so I teach people in all ages um, pollination because I love flowers and food mm-hmm. and trying to grow it and learning. Mm-hmm. And um, then medicinal properties like that because everything in a beehive is medicinal mm-hmm. and I'm also counting um, the meditation okay and like the calming yeah the white noise provided by the yeah okay, cool. yeah and also them walking on you they're it's like they're thousands of tiny little kitty cats just treat them <laughs> like kitty cats you know cat consent when you put your hand up and if they if they like rub you then mm. it's cool same uh-huh. same with bees okay if they like don't want to have sh- shit to do with you leave them alone yeah okay yeah. <laughs> sounds good oh yeah and then when you get close and like cats hiss at you bees like, yeah <laughs> you gotta listen gotcha it's gotcha. all about observation mm-hmm. yeah so what so you're a full-time beekeeper that is very difficult to be nowadays okay so I consider myself that because I'm always working on it and learning it. Okay. It's, it's not like it's a paid gig. It's a full-time part of your life. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. It, it, it takes up that much space Absolutely. for you. It has finally, um, I've rigged it. So all my gigs, all my jobs, mm-hmm. um, they all like sync together and like feed into each other. So mm-hmm. it, it does, it like nourishes everything else. Okay, so this is this is okay. So this is what I, I thought it probably was, which yeah. is the type of gig where you just have to be passionate enough, passionate enough about it to be like, I can have other jobs that make this work. Yeah, you basically like, have to be desperate to make which, it work. Which is, <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, pretty much all of my friends. That's the deal where they've got the thing that they're really passionate yeah. about, and you and what you look for in terms of a job that pays the bills yeah. is just something that allows you to do that. I mean, that's I know that's why I like my situation with comedy, like where, where I'm working right now, I work mm-hmm. at a coffee shop and like, what's nice about that is that we like, you know, if I want to make it out to an open mic, I work at a coffee shop, we close, even if I work That's closing, I can make it there in time Yeah. and like, and stuff like that. And like, you know, like later on, if I like, you know, advance more comedy wise and like trying to find a job that I can do on a computer so yeah. that I can not have to be tied to one geographic totally, location. Totally. But for right now, like just closing in time to be able to get to the open mic or whatever show is in town that I'm performing on is is, is what facilitates that for me. And so I, it, you totally get it then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're all hustling. Yep. I'm glad that that <laughs> translates well. I, 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 and I feel like that's a lot of like a generational thing. I feel like most like people. I would say like mo- most people our age are the ones who are like, okay, I'm gonna do this thing. I don't care if they pay me. <laughs> I just gotta do it. Yeah. And like, I kind of like that. I like the idea of like, I like the idea of like, I'm. I mean, I, and I guess part of this is me applying it to like uh, people who are pursuing something like comedy or music, where like the byproduct of being really successful is that you are famous, also. Yeah. Um, but like, I like the idea of like groups of people who have like this thing that they're passionate about, who are like, no, I'm not trying to like get like the monumentous success I'm just trying to do it like whereas I feel like whenever I talk to people from like my parents generation it's this idea like if you're not making your living off of it then what's the point yeah and that's such a bummer right because they give up yeah yeah because they give up yeah because they're like no money there's no 401k in it so I'm not gonna do it and then like when they're you know birds fly the coop and they're mm-hmm. alone, they're, like, shuffling around at home, and they're like, I don't have any hobbies. Well, because you killed them. <laughs> you know? It's sad. I don't know. It makes me sad for them. So, but you make a certain amount of money off beekeeping. 
<laughs> I tried. Which is such a stupid capitalist no, no, question, no, it's okay. but still. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually working on, um, always working on stuff, but yeah. um, I'd like to get to the point, my goal is to get to the point where I am a honeybee um, provider. Okay. Like I sell people bees from Virginia mm-hmm. because that's a whole big issue. Of is moving bees to different locations yeah. where they're not supposed to be. Exactly. See, um, you get it. They need to be local mm-hmm. because they're not migratory. They're not migratory. They're yeah. not like monarchs where they go up and down the coast and all the hell over the place. They're um, stationary. Mm-hmm. So uh, you should get them from around you because if you get them, let's say they're coming from Georgia or Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, or, they're not used to our climate. Yeah, they're not used to the wacky-ass climate. They're not used to the native plants. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also... Uh, down there if you get them from big bee producers it's unfortunately because of capitalism ruins everything Mm -hmm. um they're bred for quantity not quality so they're weaker they have compromised immune systems they come up with pests um they're they're not the quality of bees that we've known and Mm -hmm. generations before us have known Mm -hmm. and thrived with so beekeeping is like girl it's so fucking hard (laughs) but i love it so much so you know, start of your day, doing... Depends on what job I'm going to. Oh, beekeeping, okay. Doing beekeeping stuff. Start of your day, what does that involve? What is, like, the beginning of... uh, I mean, it seems like it's something that is so, like, you tend to them constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I were to phrase it as, like, start of a beekeeping shift, (laughs) what's the first thing you do? Um, Calm myself. Okay. Yeah. Um, So, first thing is first, you know, drink a bunch of tea that's great drink a bunch of water whatever and, and is that just, so that they can like vibe off of your calm and yeah. so that they respond in kind to that yeah okay. that's very that's very true like um if you think about domesticated pets like um you know cats and dogs i already said cats um they can sense fear mm-hmm. and apprehension and at the same time stress and joy and they're so they're so emotionally like intuitive and I know that I'm like anthropomorphizing them because I want to mm-hmm. but genu- nothing wrong with that <laughs> <laughs> genuinely they're um genuinely they they like feel what you feel on some like mm-hmm. I don't know primal level <laughs> <laughs> um so I'll just give a little bit of an example mm-hmm. um when I've been in distress like in any part of the country literally any part of the country mm-hmm. um and feeling like you know manic or whatever um Bees, honeybees specifically, have come and like chilled with me. Really? Yeah, and I'm not, I'm like, I wouldn't make that shit up. Again, we're going back to like the fucking like Disney. Yeah, (laughs) it's totally magical. It's David Bowie bees. Like, they're (laughs) everywhere and nowhere. Like, they're amazing and still land on you. Um, And like one time in Monroe Park, you know, I was breaking down, you Mm. know, a couple years ago and two bees landed on my face and then one of them like walked on my arm for a while and another one was around my face and then when I like started to breathe again and you know calm down mm-hmm. they just flew off and that's happened in California that's happened in Florida that's happened in Vermont they're like your therapy New Orleans animals. well I hope that I wouldn't own them but they but yeah they, well, we appreciate each other they are for you therapy animals yes not like you own them but just like yeah. in the sense of like they're the animals that you drive with. Yeah, like. thank goodness. Thank goodness, because they're cute as hell. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you go up to a beehive and you're anxious and you're angry and stressed and you're just moving too quickly, mm-hmm. first off, fast movements um, scare them mm-hmm. because, you know, they're scared of bears going in and eating the brood 
all that stuff, wrecking everything for the honey and the babies because they're all full of protein. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so just move slow. Mm-hmm. So, or, and when you're feeling anxious, don't go in a beehive. Take take a couple steps back and, like, go drink some water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, collect yourself. Yeah. So do you have, like, a specific process of collecting yourself for when you're like, okay, like, I'm anxious, but, like, I also got to do some work yeah, right yeah, now. Like, yeah. do you have, like, a go-to? For sure, yeah. Process. So tea, water. Well, that's just, like, the start of my day. Yeah. Don't drink tea if you're already, like, manic because that shit has caffeine. Mm-hmm. They tell you it doesn't, but it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, when you're feeling stressed uh, or anxious or whatever, this is what I do when I'm in a hive and they start, um, you know, I'm feeling like that. I just take a step back and, like, put my hands down and, like, open my palms up real wide and, like, put my face up and just breathe. Okay. And you can close your eyes if you want and, like, think of, I don't know, the ocean. I don't know. Um, and <laughs> Something then, rhythmic and calming. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. And then you, you know, and remember that, like, you're just in that moment and everything else going around you doesn't fucking matter okay and then you just and you also like look at them and try to i don't know it's like when you're trying to connect with your pet you're like okay let's calm down now. okay you're ready to go let's do it okay yeah awesome yeah. and so like so do you so what does beekeeping look like for you is it yeah. so, so so you're saying that you're hoping to get to the point where you are like a, a virginia honeybee supplier yeah to other beekeepers right now so do you have, like, your beekeeping set up, like, at your home? There's a couple places, for sure. Okay. The h- home is um, is the main place I do it, you know? Mm-hmm. It just makes sense. And so do you live, like, out in the county, or...? We live, actually... You know where Swansboro Elementary is? It's on Midlow Turnpike. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um... So it's a bit, a bit more space. Yeah, we, yeah. Thank God. We are lucky and privileged, and we have, like... A double lot so we have like a butt ton of land gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. so I've got uh, three halves there now but mm-hmm. I've had up to like ten but mm-hmm. then um, I keep them in different places I've got one at the nursery I work in Sneed's nursery mm-hmm. um, one at hummingbird gardens where my friend Amanda we're working on it with her mm-hmm. um, the ones here some in Petersburg at the um, God, is it the deeper um, the plug Petersburg League of Urban Growers. Oh, yeah. There's some friends out there who are learning. There's like three halves there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure I have some elsewhere. I forget. But yeah, they're yeah. kind of all over mm-hmm. the place. Um, oh, yeah. And so I feel like I feel like my conception of like humans doing beekeeping mm-hmm. is super forged by like cartoons and like that's okay ca- like but like capitalist representation oh yeah like, like cheerios you you beekeep in order to o- obtain honey yeah. whereas for you it seems more like like it feels more like tending a garden that's just made of insects rather yeah. than plants oh wow that's so beautiful um <laughs> i love that so much um and so i so do you like harvest honey from them or when there's broken comb i'm getting to a point where i'd um i'd like to get some honey from them mm-hmm. um but that's not my main goal okay. because there's other friends who do responsibly harvest honey mm-hmm. from their hives and I like to support them. So I purchase it from them or okay. whatnot. Um, yeah, it's difficult to do everything with a beehive mm-hmm. for sure. And so I guess what I, what part of what I'm wondering is like, is there an end goal to it or is it just like having healthy, happy bees? That's it. That's okay. the end goal. I'd really like to just keep living because mm-hmm. I know this is going to be like the doom and gloom part of our talk, but like everything is 
killing the bees. Yeah, they're so everything, and we're like we're gonna be hungry real quick, Mm -hmm. and we're gonna we're not gonna make it. And I hope that the bees do. They they are so old. They've been here for like what millions of years. Mm-hmm. There's this. Yeah, because I I know that whenever people throw out the bee the bee thing, they yeah. say like, you know, if the bees go, everything else. Yeah, goes. but no I, one tells me why. Okay, can I tell you why? Okay, tell okay. me why. So, honeybees don't just pollinate um, like our crops, like human crops, like tomatoes and cucumbers and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They pollinate the trees. Mm-hmm. They pollinate um, the cover crops mm-hmm. that the like the cows eat mm-hmm. and then agriculturally like our system we use as many parts of the cow you know the shit for manure mm-hmm. we eat their bodies all this stuff mm-hmm. that whole system is going to collapse because mm-hmm. there's not going to be anybody to pollinate that we can force to pollinate mm-hmm. the cover crops so and then the forest is going to have a real hard time because how the hell are certain nuts and berries and seeds and everything going to happen on trees mm-hmm. um and then, you know, what are the deer going to eat? We can't just, like, go to the forest to get food because the forest is going to be starving. Mm-hmm. And then all the big mammals are going to drop. And mm-hmm. then it's just going to be, like, little critters that make it. I don't know. That's, like, a very... It's not very Dystopian. organized way of <laughs> describing it. But, yeah, like, mm-hmm. so much hinges on them because mm-hmm. we've we've created this problem. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to back it up a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so when white colonizers mm-hmm. came to this continent mm-hmm. we brought honeybees we brought honeybees from all over the world i think the oldest place where they're from is around egypt mm-hmm. like the middle east and egypt um and anyways we brought so them they in. weren't they weren't native they're them. not native okay. no no no. they're not native mm-hmm. but we have a shitload of native bees mm-hmm. and who knows how many of them are still alive there's mm-hmm. like um organizations that track that that i'm learning from mm-hmm. um but anyways, that's a whole nother conversation we should totally have. Okay. Um, but anyways. And, and, and that's to say that, so when you're talking about supplying Virginia native honeybees, there's not, like, they're, they're not old school native, yeah. but they're new school, they're new school <laughs> native, which yeah. is, they've, yeah. they've, they've been here a while. Yeah. They're not from Georgia. They're yeah. from Virginia. Like, okay. It's called they've naturalization. Had, they've had some centuries to act Yeah. <laughs> a couple yeah. centuries. A couple For centuries. For sure. So the, the. The honeybees crowded mm-hmm. out the native bees because they're competition, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the colonizers and all the farmers and everybody, you know, found out, oh, we can, um, I mean, they knew this before, but we can domesticate them. That's why they brought them over for mm-hmm. their crops, da, da, da. Um, it's interesting to note that indigenous folks um, in this continent call or have called honeybees white men's flies because they fly ahead of colonists okay or like they did when that was Mm. first happening Mm -hmm. um and they were like oh shit here come the white people you know because they didn't have honeybees before but anyways honeybees have been here for so long that they've become naturalized Mm -hmm. which means they're used to the plants the plants around here yeah have evolved together you know Mm -hmm. but they're not native yeah um but we've built up our, this is like skipping ahead a bunch of years in mm-hmm. the 1860s, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. industrialized agriculture was like the hot ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, industrialized beekeeping was also because um, technology and farm equipment was making such huge advances. Mm-hmm. And, you know, humans love to make more humans mm-hmm. and populate everything mm-hmm. and um, aren't really considerate of the environment. So, there was like unchecked reproduction. I mean, this is like 
I hope I'm not offending anybody, yep. but okay. <laughs> so they were like, okay, more food is better. We're going to just grow as much food as we can. Here's this box, this Langstroth box mm-hmm. that um, we can use to really industrialize beekeeping, mm-hmm. the whole system. I'm getting... Sorry. You're good. You're totally good. <laughs> Keep going. I'm, okay. I'm eating it up. That's okay. Great. Okay. This is excellent information. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, whew, it's basically um, irresponsible agriculture, and they couldn't, they didn't have the foresight, or they just didn't care, who knows which, mm. um, to see, you know, so far into the future to see it collapsing mm-hmm. because bees thrive on diversity, they don't thrive on monotony. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, like if you go in a plane and you you see all the crops, you see like huge blocks of land that are like one thing. Mm-hmm. It's monocultures. Yeah. And that only blooms for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So people will cart bees in for that bloom and then cart them out because if they leave the bees there, the bees will starve. There'll be nothing for them to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and this system of like, like moving bees mm-hmm. to pollinate those crops, it's just, it's not, it's not how it's supposed to be. Right. So what is... Okay, so, we're, so the system that we have in place is not sustainable for bees. No, no. And it's a lot of because like prior to this conversation, all I've been hearing that's like killing bees off mm-hmm. is that we like it's like pesticides. Yeah, no, it's humans. It's just it's just like the way we go about it. It's the way we do everything. It's that we're trying to do like the massive the we're trying to mass produce nature. Is what I'm getting from this. And that is yes. making so that bees are like, I can't fucking do this. Yeah, yeah we're basically using them as a product mm-hmm. when they're not. I mean, nature is not a product, but mm-hmm. we we try to make it that. We wrap it in plastic and sell it. So what I'm getting at, what I'm getting from this mm-hmm. is that capitalism is killing the bees. It's been killing the bees, pretty <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah, that's yeah. why it sucks so much because prior to like the 1860s, mm-hmm. I want to say just ballpark it every home or like neighborhood had beehives Mm -hmm. like it was common as dirt you know because you had your farm or your garden plot whatever you had your bees Mm -hmm. you didn't have a stupid tv Mm -hmm. that was the that was the box you looked at at the end of the day when all the chores were done that was the original tv you would go and watch the bees do their thing you know (laughs) but then um what happened instead of instead of everybody having a beehive or neighborhoods whatever Mm -hmm. um it changed to like a select amount of humans had thousands of beehives instead mm-hmm. of everybody having beehives. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Um, and then when we started having all these issues, it's so much easier for those giant systems to collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, okay, because... We put all our hives in a few humans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> too many eggs in a basket, too many yeah. hives in a human, for yeah. sure. You drop the basket, they all smash. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about it is once it became... Uh, less common for everybody to keep bees mm-hmm. that information was lost mm-hmm. you know you couldn't write it down or somebody died and they all their their life's work was lost yeah um which is such a bummer <laughs> um but anyways there's like a renaissance in beekeeping it's mm-hmm. not as great as it was before mm-hmm. but um people are starting to realize the value okay so are, are is this like at a point of like beyond a point of return or is I mean I feel like that because I'm like a pessimist Mm -hmm. (laughs) but okay I don't always feel like that okay so 
it so what I'm getting from that is that in no way like so your your approach to beekeeping is not like saving the world like through bees. I love the world. Mm-hmm. I love the world, and I love my friends. So I try to think of all humans as just my friends, mm-hmm. even though I know they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point in time, right now, I really just want the bees and the planet to survive. Mm-hmm. I don't think humans deserve it. Okay. Honestly, unless they're indigenous <laughs> to like their land, I don't think white people deserve. It. Certainly, we've ruined it. Cause I wanted to say the other thing, um, ah, the thing that's ruining beekeeping. Mm-hmm. Okay, here it is: pesticide abuse, mm-hmm. um, irresponsible land management mm-hmm. on our part. You know, knocking down old growth forests to put up bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, rampant overpopulation and unchecked un- population, mm-hmm. which is like that's a very difficult thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's necessary mm-hmm. for like family planning and like reproductive health mm-hmm. and like making that accessible. Um, and money. Yeah. Like breeding bees for, for quantity and mm-hmm. not for quality. And there's like so many little rivulets from that river mm-hmm. of like conversation. But, um, ultimately we've created this problem. Mm-hmm. Humans have created this problem. Nature mm-hmm. was doing fine before we came along and we're like, <laughs> let's, Let's make agriculture a huge, a huge way to make money, mm-hmm. and they ruined it. Yeah. So, I'm bitter, <laughs> but I'm positive. Mm-hmm. So. so that's Kath, everyone. They are just a delightful, charming human being. I mean, you listen to the interview; you can tell they're fantastic. I, I first met Kath. About three years ago, it must be, at an open mic at a bar that no longer exists. Uh, they just happened to be in the bar during the open mic, and we ended up chatting and exchanging information, and since then, we've periodically bumped into each other, and like our circles in Richmond overlap quite a bit, but this is really the first opportunity that I've had to like sit down and talk with them, and I'm so grateful that I finally got to do that because... I mean, it, it's just good energy and good, good people, and is super enriching. And it it was great. I had a great time, and I think anyone listening to this probably did too. And so, Kath wants me to plug the Rockwood Park Backyard Beekeepers Association, which meets monthly, and the Mid Atlantic Organic Honeybee Convention, which meets annually. So, if you're interested in bees or beekeeping, please check out both of those events. Uh, I'm Mary Jane French. I you can find all of my comings and goings on MaryJaneFrench.com. Uh, please follow or subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we have the Facebook page now, so please follow that and like that. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Tell your friends about us. Spread the word. It's great. We're going to keep putting out these conversations, and as many people who can get something out of them as possible is great. Um, keep listening to the show. If you want to have a conversation with me, please submit a pitch to the show. You can send a pitch for a topic to talk about uh, to mjfnovicepod at gmail.com. That is mjfnovicepod at gmail.com. Whatever topic gets you super enthused, whatever gets you excited, whatever makes your eyes light up, just 
Tell us about it. Send us an email. Tell us what the topic is. Tell us what gets you excited about it. Maybe send a quick audio clip so we can get a vibe for your energy. If you're in Richmond, I'd be happy to sit down with you. If you are anywhere else, I would be happy to do a phone interview or a Skype interview. Uh, just, you know, whatever we can pull off. Um, I would love to talk to you about the things that get you excited. As always, uh, our fantastic theme song is written and recorded by Sawyer Camden. You can find more of his music at padfoot.bandcamp.com and warringtonva.bandcamp.com. And check all of his stuff out. And that's what we've got for this week. Uh, our closing clip this week is less related to the episode than they usually are. But it is a clip of stand-up from one of my favorite newer Richmond comics. Her name is Catherine Malone. She's an excellent human being as well. And I have so much love for her. And I'm going to let this clip speak for itself because it's fucking dope. I'll catch y'all later. Have a good one. So, I've been buying a lot of cupcakes recently. Um, <laughs> allow me to explain. I, I suffer from depression. A lot of people suffer from depression. And my way of handling it is by buying cupcakes. Because you can't buy happiness. But you can buy things that represent happiness. And so to me, a cupcake is like having a bit of love. Enjoy. Slowly dissolve by the stomach acid. And uh, much like my hopes in humanity, it also eventually turns into shit. <laughs> so I'm at the cupcake shop, um, talking to the person across the counter, and I go to pay for my cupcake, but the thing is they won't take my money. Now most people would have just said thank you and left. I, however, get into a five-minute conversation, because you see, a pity cupcake does not taste the same. It's like, it's like going home at 3 o'clock in the morning and then watching heavyweights while eating Ben and Jerry's. Like, each bite is just a constant reminder of your failures as a human being. Which I don't need knowing that I'm going to go home at 3 in the morning and eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's while watching heavyweights. Which means now you're also fucking with my solo Netflix and chill. Which I find very offensive coming from you, the cupcake lord who I know for a fact is in a steady and loving relationship. <laughs> It's like, if I wanted a cupcake of pity, I would have just made it myself with torn up pages of Bukowski in the batter, but I came to you. Again, for love and happiness, that would again be dissolved by the acid in my stomach and turn into shit. Moving on. <laughs>